Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Falcoholic podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. Just here to remind you to check out our live play-by-play coverage of the Falcons' final preseason game, which will be starting Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time with our pregame show. And while we're at it, also want to remind you guys to check out our Patreon page if you're interested in supporting the show on a monthly basis. The link to that is patreon.com slash falcoholiclive. You can also get involved with our community Discord server the link to which is in the show description and also on our twitter page which is at falcoholic live on twitter again guys thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoy this episode hello falcoholics what is up welcome to episode 154 of the falcoholic live i am your host kevin knight at falcoholic kevin on twitter joined by some excellent co-host this evening first of all we have david walker aka dw aka at falcoholic dw on the twitters the host of the falcoholic podcast dw how are you doing tonight i am fantastic it's good to be back with everybody yep a lot of fun uh good show coming up folks also with us tonight we have our director of guest personnel he is evan birchfield at the very easy to remember at evan birchfield on twitter evan how are you doing tonight i'm doing good kevin Good, good. All right, guys. Well, we have a full show for you tonight. We are going to, of course, break down the signing of Josh Rosen, which is by far the most interesting thing that's happened this week, which isn't necessarily saying much, but, uh, you know, we do have that to talk about. Uh, We also had some relatively surprising cuts, I would say, after the second preseason game. Uh, We'll also be recapping said preseason game to give you guys our sort of top-level takeaways from that, and then we will also be uh previewing the final preseason game trying to figure out if we are going to see any starters uh with fox 5's miles garrett who will be joining us around 9 p.m uh whenever he gets home he'll be hopping in so you guys have that to look forward to as well but uh, otherwise guys thanks for tuning in like as always please do like and subscribe if you're enjoying the show check out the patreon patreon.com slash falcoholic live we do have a few spots left in the fantasy league for patreon so if you're interested in getting in on that ray moon i believe you said you wanted to get in on that um but i can't remember so if you did want in say something in the chat and i'll make sure to, to send you the link to it but uh there's a couple spots left folks you still have time if you want and then uh, just a reminder to everyone our next patron q a will be friday at uh, 5 p.m eastern so if you're a patron or want to become a patron just have to do so by five o'clock uh to get access to that live stream if you're not going to make it 
Uh, you can send us your questions on Patreon via patron message or via comment on one of the posts. So, with all that housekeeping out of the way, let's get right to it. Josh Rosen, now a Falcon. I'm sure Eric Robinson's doing cartwheels because he seemed very excited about the prospect of signing Josh Rosen. Uh, I think I'm, like, pretty meh. Like, I think he's probably just going to get cut here in a week. Uh, but I'm interested to, to hear what you guys have to, to say about it. DW, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on the Josh Rosen signing? Do you think he potentially could be the backup going into the season? Or do you think this is really just sort of a, an arm for the final preseason game? Uh, he, he feels like a camp body honestly. And, you know, I, I, it, he wouldn't have been brought in if it weren't for the injury to AJ McCarron. I think it, right. that's pretty clear. Like this guy's only getting the opportunity because AJ freaking McCarron got injured. Uh, that should tell you about everything you need to know about Rosen. Now that said, uh, he is a former uh, top 10 pick. Um, he is a guy that, you know, many people thought out of college had a ton of talent and there have been many who have pointed out that Arthur Smith has had, uh, you know, in his time in Tennessee, he revitalized the career of Ryan Tannehill. Although I think that's overstated because I think Tannehill was better uh, as a quarterback, uh, even when he was under Adam Gase in Miami. Um, so is this a good opportunity for Rosen? Yes. I think this is uh, outside of the 49ers, um, where I think this is the last team he was with. I think this is the best opportunity he's going to get to prove that he can still cut it in the league. Um, but I think if you look at his history, this is his fifth team in four years as a former top 10 quarterback pick. Um, the reality is the NFL, you don't give up on quarterbacks that quickly uh, unless something has just gone horribly wrong. Um, I don't know what we're going to see out of Rosen, uh, but if I were to bet, uh, I would not put money on him. I think they're still going to look for a veteran. Um, I've seen some people uh, say that Trevor Simeon uh, may be a good cut candidate to pick up uh, next week. And I think that makes a ton of sense because of the connection with uh, Arthur Smith in the past. So yeah, right now uh, I'm just not, I'm not on the Rosen train. Uh, I, I would love to be proven wrong, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there and good opportunity to welcome in Adnan Ikic joining us now. Adnan, how are you doing tonight? I'm uh, doing very well. How are you guys? Good, good. Well, because you're late, you know, we have to, you have to go last in the Josh Rosen discussion. So you're just going to have to wait a second while Evan gives us his take on the Rosen signing. Evan, what are your thoughts on that addition? Um, I mean, I don't really have a strong feeling either way. Um, you know, if it was between him and apparently they worked out Blake Bortles, I think we kind of know what to expect from Bortles where Rosen he just got out on the wrong foot um, with Arizona. Didn't really get a fair shot uh, behind a terrible offensive line there. Uh, went 3-10, and ten, and then they, you know, got rid of him, got a new quarterback. Um, in Miami, he went 0-3, had one touchdown, five interceptions. Like, he's had literally a terrible start to his career. Um, but when you're, you know, first-round pick quarterback, you have high expectations, and – you know, the problem for him is he's had all these tough opportunities. Like, he's not really got a fair chance anywhere. But now with, you know, with Atlanta, this is the best situation he's been in. Um, he's literally got to just beat out an undrafted, you know, rookie to earn the quarterback two spot. Um, I still think 
that the you know quarterback two will probably be somebody who's not on the roster and it'll be somebody who is cut next week. Um, but if Rosen comes out and balls out against Cleveland, uh, there's no reason to think they wouldn't keep him. He's not going to cost a whole lot. He's super young, um, has talent. It's just not been displayed yet at the professional level, if it ever will be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, it's a low, you know, low risk, uh, could be high reward, could be, not, you know, a bust. Who knows? But it, it costs the Falcons close to nothing. So I'm not going to get too upset over it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically what you can. It was him and Bortles were like the only two guys really out there on the market that would even be considered somewhat interesting and i guess i would lean bortles but that's because i'm a biased bortles supporter who like refuses to give up on well bortles, that's but... that's our ucf thing but yeah exactly even then, i'm yeah. still i, I mean i don't i don't like here. again like i don't know that it mattered i guess if it if they'd signed bortles i feel like you know maybe that would have been like okay we just need like maybe he's gonna be our backup um with rosen i think it's much more up in the air whether he actually survives the next well, round of cuts and, not, and the but. smarter decision in hindsight would have just been to keep kurt bankert for seven hundred eighty thousand. Well, well you know who balled out for green bay so yeah I don't, know, I don't know how many times Ryan, we can but... criticize them for cutting kurt banker i just i literally do not see the point like why bother cutting him like i just don't get it uh mm-hmm. so you know we can definitely continue piling on about that i i agree with you there that was a really dumb decision um, before we get to Anand's take on Rosen, let me read off $10 donation from Ray Moon. Thank you, Ray, for your support. He says, I like Rosen, but currently still very much on the Felipe Franks hype train. I think he needs all the snaps he can get. Yeah, Ray, I mean, I don't think it's really that outlandish for the team to just say, you know, screw it. We're just going to sort of roll with an untested backup. And if something were to happen to Ryan where he has to miss time, we could always sign someone off the scrap heap and just try to get through the week. Or you just throw Franks out there and basically, you know, resign yourself to losing, which obviously not a lot of fun for us. But I mean, if you're, if you don't have Matt Ryan for any significant amount of time, probably better off to just get those draft picks, (laughs) get the draft pick higher, but you know, we'll see. Uh, And we did have a, a donation from Corey Carter of $10 from the live uh, play-by-play that I guess I missed right at the last minute. So I was going to wait till Corey was actually here to read it. But uh, So, Corey, if you're here, let me know. If not, I'll just wait and say that thank you to Corey for the $10 donation. We appreciate that. But, uh, no, what do you think about the Rosen signing? Are you, like, excited about it or just kind of like, oh, this is just a camp arm? Um, Kind of feels like a camp arm. I can't say I'm really excited about uh, drive, uh, signing a scrap heap quarterback right before the last preseason game. Like, don't get me wrong, Josh Rosen has talent. Like, he came out of the out of college football as the number 10 overall pick. He was in the running to be the number one overall pick in the 2018 like season for a, a while there. But there's also a reason why he's on his, what, fourth team now in his right. very young NFL career, fifth. Uh, uh, DW's uh, putting up the five sign for me. It's uh, the fifth <laughs> team. Um, it's he did not get a fair shake in Arizona. Like the Cardinals had the worst offensive line, one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen in 2018. Uh, the weapons really weren't what they are now over there, and his head coach got replaced. The regime that selected him was completely turned upside down and replaced a year later. Uh, they had the number one overall pick, and Kyler Murray was was the draft pick because Cliff Kingsbury wanted Kyler Murray. However, there is also a reason why 
Arizona was in the position to draft number one in the first place. If right. if Josh Rosen was better, uh, I'm not saying like uh, you know good enough to make them a playoff team or anything like that. Then you know had he shown more, then they probably wouldn't have been in position to take Kyler Murray in the first place, and he would have probably got, earned himself another opportunity with the Cardinals. The reason why he's on his fifth team right now is because of that draft pedigree. He was the 10th overall pick. He was very talented. He has a very good record at what he did at UCLA. But, you know, at this point, it's I'm not really expecting anything. Like, if Josh Rosen ends up being the team's backup this year, then great. You know, uh, they replaced A.J. McCarron with, you know, a backup. If he gets cut, then... You know, of course, I would not be surprised at all. Right. Um, Josh Rosen is not the long-term answer for this team, by the way. Like, I know yeah. there are yeah. some people out there who are thinking, oh, this is the Matt Ryan replacement. He's 24 years old. Like, no, he's. if Josh Rosen was good enough to become a franchise quarterback, he would not have been available for the Falcons to sign for, what, $900,000, less than a million dollars. Right. I don't know if that money is guaranteed, by the way. Yeah. Very um, unlikely that it's guaranteed. Very yeah, probably unlikely. not. Yeah. That would not be the smartest financial decision if it was. <laughs> I mean, if it's guaranteed, uh, then that's then he's their backup quarterback. But I yeah. don't think it's guaranteed. Yeah. So, so it, it's like yes, Josh Rosen is twenty four. That's it's very young for any quarterback. No, Josh Rosen is not going to be this team's franchise quarterback. If if anything, the te- this team's franchise quarterback most likely isn't in the NFL right now. He may not even be in. In college right now, for being honest, um, Archie Manning. Yeah, Arch Manning right there. I mean, I could get behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's it's a mess signing. Uh, it, it's a quarterback. It's it, it's a high profile quarterback from a few years ago, which is why it's making the rounds. But do you guys see that top ten uh, highlight tape <laughs> oh that the God. team put together for oh, him? <laughs> that poor intern. <laughs> Uh, I feel so bad for that guy. Just like, oh yeah, go f- dig through this awful film and try to find like any positive gain. Probably like, took him like three hours that night. Yep. Just wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty terrible. Uh, and the comments yeah. were exactly as you expect. I mean, they were asking for it for sure. Uh, with, Bro, with that was just like so that. tone deaf. It's like no, we're <laughs> we're not looking for a Josh Rosen top ten highlight tape. Yeah. <laughs> It was, I, I definitely, like, now I know what his, like, 10 good plays in the NFL were, though. So that's, that is nice uh, to have that in the back pocket. But let's let's change gears here to the uh, the cuts, which I think were pretty surprising. Um, and we'll start in reverse order this time. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, four of the guys that were cut, for those that don't know, uh, offensive lineman Willie Wright, Austin wide receiver Austin Trammell, Running back JV and Hawkins, defensive tackle Olive Sagapolu, and Edge Sharif Miller were the five cuts. And four of those guys uh, were on my roster projection last week as making the practice squad. Now, I will say that I think there's a, a chance that some of those guys, or maybe maybe one of them, maybe two of them, could still end up on the squad. Um, you know, this team has been very big about subterfuge, so it wouldn't shock me if they knew that they wanted like Trammell on the squad uh, and they wanted to make sure they didn't have to, or Hawkins or whatever. They wanted to make sure that they didn't have to claim him off, you know, cut him and then try to claim him the next day to put him on the squad. Because if they cut them now, they could sign them to the practice squad immediately 
after final cuts because they don't have to clear waivers if they're already out there. So um, could be subterfuge, but generally if you're cut at this point, it means that the team does not have you uh, in their plans. So Adnan, what are your thoughts on these cuts? Did any of them surprise you? Uh, Any of them shock you? Or is this all pretty much just expected? Well, um, yes, I was actually pretty surprised at um, my guy Javion Hawkins getting cut. Yeah, just because I thought you know coming into coming into the season, he felt like one of those. He was one of the bigger named undrafted free agents. He did a lot uh, at U- at Louisville. He's someone I was pretty shocked wasn't drafted, you know, at least on day three. I mean, I thought, you know, he could be someone whom this season, you know, could be that change of pace back for the Falcons. But we clearly see Arthur Smith isn't really the biggest fan of those, like, you know, small, jittery, no. like, lightning. Yeah, not at all. Type yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we can see. Caleb Huntley is someone who who's performed pretty well the past couple of weeks, uh, at least this past like game especially because you know he couldn't really do much behind that offensive line in the first preseason game, and I think Caleb Huntley's presence and his performance it, it gave coaches enough to see to you know kind of lock him lock him in ahead of Javion Hawkins to the point where the coaching staff was convinced that Javion Hawkins wasn't going to be do wasn't going to be able to do anything to close that gap. Uh, Huntley's someone who I don't think many people really expected to come into the season to make a roster spot coming into training camp. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember him on on many roster projections or depth chart projections for week one coming into camp. But you know that's he's someone you just have to tip your cap to as you know someone who's come in who's put in the work. Kind of reminds me of Jaden Graham a couple of years ago. Uh, someone you you weren't really expecting to make it but who really showed out at camp. And this is what camp is for. This is what preseason's for. It's not, it's not for the big name, the big star guys like Matt Ryan, you know, who we haven't really seen in preseason yet. It's for these fringe undrafted players who are, you know, fighting for their dream in the NFL. And it's, it's one of the best things to see. It's one of my favorite parts of the season and of training camp when those guys come in and, you know, they do the job, they impress the coaching staff, and they get a chance to live out their dream, even if it is as someone who's, you know, a second, third stringer on on a depth chart. But, you know, not saying that Caleb Huntley has really made the team yet, but I think it's a good indication right now that Javian Hawkins, who is a high-profile undrafted free agent and someone who many of us were expecting to be on the running back depth chart, the fact that he's already cut, I think says – tells me that Caleb Huntley kind of has a, a bit of an in when it comes to, you know, making a roster spot. And, you know, that's just all credit to him. And maybe we do see Javion Hawkins on the practice squad uh, eventually. But right now the coaching staff, you know, they like who they like. And I, I can't really blame them given what we've seen in, in, pre, in, uh, in the preseason and in training camp thus far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Huntley is kind of a great example of athleticism does not make running backs. It's not the important trait for running backs because if you look at Caleb Huntley's relative athletic score, it's awful. It's 18th percentile. He ran a 4.7740, but he doesn't look slow on the field, and that's because he was making quick decisions uh, and and doing you know make I think just carrying the ball well despite the fact that he doesn't have long speed. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that Caleb Huntley is a very low ceiling player, but 
the team clearly has a type, right? Uh, Arthur Smith wants those big running backs every time. Like, he, he wants four of them. <laughs> he doesn't even want a fourth guy that's a change of pace guy. He wants four big 200-plus pound running backs on the roster, and he's going to get them. So it is definitely interesting. I know one for me that I was sad to see was Austin Trammell, who just absolutely got hosed with his injury. He missed two weeks of camp with that injury, and that just really screwed him. So I, I do hope that he's able to catch on on the squad and, and come back for this team. Um, but, yeah, it's if he doesn't, it's it's it could be the end for his NFL career, which is just sad that a, that a minor injury that keeps you out for a week or two could be the difference between making a roster and, and being out of the NFL. I mean, it, it's wild. So hopeful that he'll get another shot either in Atlanta or somewhere else. Um, but, yeah, Evan – uh, go to you next. Any of these? Any of these cuts catch your eye? Uh, I think, as Adnan said, the Hawkins one was probably the biggest um, eye opener, just because I thought him and Huntley, you know, would battle it out in the final, you know, preseason game to kind of decide who gets the leg up. Um, Huntley has looked better overall, so I don't blame the decision. But um, yeah, I, I I got to inter- Hawkins was one of the undrafted rookies I talked to, like following the draft. And super cool guy, you know, a lot of the viewers don't remember he came on the show. He was, mm-hmm. you know, wish the best for him going forward. Um, I did think he might have had like a leg up early on because of the, as you mentioned, being a change of pace back while everyone else is basically like a bowling ball. Um, but apparently Arthur Smith does have a type and Huntley did look good. And, you know, as you mentioned, uh, ran a four seven, but did look quick on the field. Um, so you know, if Huntley's makes the roster, or, you know, he's a favorite for the practice squad. That's fine. But, um, you know, uh, I hate it for Hawkins. Didn't get to really show himself in a extra game. Uh, that doesn't count, but, uh, he'll probably get picked up somewhere else and, you know, wish the best for him going forward. I've liked Huntley though, all, all the way. Um, I just think he's going to be kind of fitting into the, what Arthur Smith likes to do a lot better. Um, so that doesn't really surprise me. I thought he would win it in the end, but, um, also, you know, I liked what I saw from Hawkins in limited action against Miami in the first game. It was just a wash because offensive line was garbage. Uh, yeah, but yeah. seeing both of them, you know, late in the last game, uh, both of them had a long of 30, uh, yards and both looked pretty good. And I figured, Oh, well, we'll see them, you know, duke it out against Cleveland. But, uh, I guess their mind was already made up or, as you yeah. mentioned, maybe they just want to sneak him onto the practice squad, which is entirely possible. But yeah, that was pretty much the only one that really raised some eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, DW, your thoughts on this, this latest round of cuts? Yeah, I mean, I'm with all of you guys. Uh, Trammell, I was disappointed simply because the injury uh, situation really screwed him up. Um, but where Javian Hawkins is concerned, I even though I felt like Huntley had the edge um, going into that final preseason game, I at least thought they would give Hawkins the opportunity to play one more game and, and see if right. he had a little bit more. Um, so I was su- I was not surprised that he didn't make the roster. I was surprised that he was let go this soon. Um, and honestly, you know, we keep saying um, Arthur Smith has a type, and, and it certainly looks like that. But I think it's important to note that you know, in the running scheme, he's going to deploy more so than even just size. You're looking for a running back that has the ability to cut and go. You know, you've, you've got – when you run the wide zone, you need a running back who is going to be able to make that split-second decision to go wide or to cut back in, right, depending on how the blocks have, have developed on the second level. 
Um, and it's quite possible because, you know, let's be honest, the first two preseason games, it was hard to get a read yeah. on for Hawkins and yeah. Huntley. So the coaches are probably seeing something in practice from Huntley that gives them the indication that he is better in making that quick uh, split second read of what's going on at the second level and whether he goes wide or whether he cuts back in. And that is crucial in this, you know, in this running game. Um, one other thing to keep in mind as well with the revised rules on special teams, um, you no longer see offensive linemen um, line up on special teams to make those mm-hmm. tackles. You see tight ends, you see wide receivers and you see running backs. They, they make up the, the largest portion of special teams coverage now. And it is, you know, quite possible that Huntley uh, just simply was outplaying Hawkins in that regard. In fact, I, I think that's probably yeah, uh, going yeah. to be a big factor for many of these guys. So we tend to overlook it and we talk about their fit. Realistically, Huntley probably isn't going to get a ton of snaps at running back this year. No. But if he plays, he's going to get a ton of snaps on special teams. Um, and that may end up being the, the big deciding factor. But I, w- I still wanted to see Hawkins play one more game. I felt like there were other guys yeah. they could have disposed of. And at yeah. least let him get in there for well, one he game. didn't he get the like top uh payment out or whatever for undrafted rookies or was yeah, it? Yeah, he was, was like was it was right behind Huntley. Huntley. He yeah. was five thousand less than Huntley, actually. Oh, okay. oh Huntley was the top one? Yes. In he was. all of free oh okay. Yep. 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 So that and, that's definitely interesting. Yeah. And right now, like we have the team has five running backs. I think it's between Huntley and Deontay Foreman for that yeah. final spot because Cordero Patterson, I'm counting as a running back. And I'm sure the yeah. team is as well. Davis and Allison feel safe. Mm-hmm. So that's that's going to be the final battle. Like That's going to be the final mm-hmm. showdown for this running back spot. Uh, I I would think Huntley has you know a bit of an edge just because he's younger and because you know Foreman is just that pounding bruiser type yeah um but you know no matter what happens arthur smith is gonna you know spread you out and just pound it up the middle (laughs) he will that's what he does and i mean honestly like huntley has looked the best and i think maybe the writing was on the wall for this based on how they divvied up the snaps right because huntley was always the first man up getting the snaps Mm -hmm. followed by foreman and then hawkins so you know if you take that as what it means is like, is this the order of the depth chart? Apparently it was because Hawkins was the guy that got, ended up getting cut first. Um, you know, really didn't get many opportunities in the preseason at all. Um, and I think what DW said about the special teams value is certainly a factor because JV Hawkins is going to have very limited special teams value at his size. Uh, Whereas Caleb Huntley's 5'10", 210, you know, that's a little bit more of a presence on special teams, especially if he's going out to make tackles. So um, that could easily have been sort of the tiebreaker there. I, I, I do think it's going to be Huntley. I did actually have Huntley overtaking uh, Hawkins on my last roster projection. I, my one for this week, it hasn't come out yet. It will soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, it was pretty clear that the coaching staff really liked Huntley, and you know, this last preseason game hammered at home too that they they gave him the most carries. So, um, you know, it seems like he's currently in the lead still. Um, you know, Deontay Foreman's still sort of competing for that role, but it doesn't seem. I, I would be surprised if he overtakes Huntley at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good. That's as, as good a time as any to sort of uh, transition to the preseason game recap uh before we do want to read off a one dollar donation from solaire he said 
as DW said and wished for, we got Josh Rosen, but now we need to do the right thing. And by that, I mean get team get Tim Tebow for DW's sake. So, uh, hmm. all right. So, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I know Solaire has been driving the Tebow bus the whole, do the not whole put, time. So. Do not put that fresh hell on my name. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, <clears throat> Tim Tebow would help sell tickets. And for a team that shamelessly signed Todd Gurley last year yep. to sell tickets in the middle of a COVID season when, you know, there were no tickets to be sold, <laughs> this team has done crazier things. They have. I mean, it, it could be worse, right? Probably not. But, um, yeah, oof. Um, anyway, let's move on to the preseason game, which also Tebow, would, but, Tebow yeah. would fit right into the blocking we've seen in preseason. <laughs> <laughs> right in the mix there. Yeah, let's let's start off with uh, the offense, which was slightly more functional. Uh, unfortunately, we only got to see a little bit of AJ McCarron before he was injured, as you guys know, to- ended up tearing his ACL sadly uh, and is out for the season, but. It's uh let let's I'll give you guys an opportunity to sort of go around the horn here and, and share your your top takeaway on offense, uh and we'll go reverse order again. DW, you can take the first one here. What's a what's a takeaway you had from the offense in this preseason game? Um, actually, it was a positive one, even though the results didn't look particularly good. But I, for me, the preseason is often about what kind of progression you see. And from that first preseason game to the second preseason game, um, again, because we're mostly dealing with the second team, so we're talking primarily about backups, uh, what we saw as far as the progression of the offensive line was very encouraging to me. Um, Now, granted, Caleb McGarry was back out there. I think that helps. Um, But what we saw from guys like Drew Dahlman, Jayla Mayfield, who are competing for spots and could very well see time this year, Uh, We saw an offensive line that got better in one week of practice from preseason one to preseason two. What that told me is a few things. Um, Number one, uh, the coaching staff got into the ears of these offensive linemen and whatever they did, whatever they did in practice, whatever they did in those seven days between those games, they got better results from them against arguably better competition because they were going up against, uh, you know, the starters for Miami. So in many ways, that was, uh, to me, one of the biggest takeaways. I, and I feel like it's being overshadowed in the, the, you know, with everything else that people are paying attention to from that game. But I really loved seeing how the offensive line got substantially better from that first game to that second one, especially considering they were going up against starters uh, against the Dolphins. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. 
Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, I mean, talk about a meteoric turnaround. Like, uh, I mean, they, they were just vastly better against starters after looking putrid against backups the previous week. I don't know. It must have, maybe they cooked up some, you know, Fontenot brought some New Orleans voodoo with them or something. I don't know. But um, it definitely was a lot better. Uh, it still wasn't great, but it was, the offense was at least functional. You know, they, they were able to provide enough protection that they were able to run plays and, and get the ball out of the backfield on the ground and that sort of thing. So I agree with you there that that's definitely encouraging. Um, you know, offensive linemen, Josh Andrews had a big rebound. Uh, he was one of the, the highest graded offensive line uh, after being one of the worst last week. Um, I thought Jalen Mayfield also looked fine at left guard uh, playing against the starters for a good portion. Um, so that's encouraging as well. Um, Dolman at center was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Dolman. Mm-hmm. Dolman also. Uh, and uh, undrafted free agent Ryan Newsel continues to impress as that one Twitter account, the news updates, uh, is very much hammering home that Newsel is That's actually is Evan's burner. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. I should have known Evan ran that account. Well, but, you're uh, on to me now. Yep. Yeah, news <laughs> updates. Account solely dedicated to Ryan Newsel. You have to respect it. But um, Just ignore yeah. my DMs, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. I should have I knew it was you based on, you know, all the smileys in the DM, but um <laughs> Yeah, so I agree with you there for sure. Uh before we get to uh Evan's takes on offense, let me read off a donation from Jason Gaines with the three dollars. Jason, thank you so much, man. We appreciate that. Uh he says I vehemently disagree with cutting JV and Hawkins. I think he's an NFL running back. Also disappointing to see Austin Trammell cut wanted him on the practice squad. Kurt Benker is playing well for the Packers. Could have shep- should have kept him around as quarterback too. So far, I do not trust Terry Fontenot. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how all these players pan out, you know, in the regular season. But yeah, I mean, right, I was definitely surprised by those cuts as well. So definitely something to monitor going forward. Um, all right, Evan, what's a, a takeaway from you on the offense uh, from this well, preseason game? Well, since you guys covered offensive line <laughs> and me talking about Ryan Newsel would be a little too obvious. Um, I'll say Frank Darby. It was nice to see him. Um, he's been, you know, kind of a fan favorite going into preseason and then finally got to actually showcase some. He had two catches on two targets for 27 yards, uh, but one went long of 14. Um he looked pretty good. I, I'm expecting more from the wide receiver depth to kind of step up because it seems like once you get past, um, I mean, you know, Ridley and Gage are safe, and then Zacchaeus, um, it gets kind of, you know, vacant. There's not like a whole lot there. Um, so maybe in the next game, that'll be a big battle to watch, like between Christian Blake. Tajay Sharp in the last game looked better, and then in this one, he had some drops. Yeah. Um, especially the one I think of is the Franks one where, I mean, he launched it at him, but at the goal line like that, like you got to make the play, it would have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I guess Frank Darby is what I'll go with. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was nice to see Darby get involved and get some, some catches, some nice gains because he was starting to sort of fall off the map where it was like, is this mm-hmm. guy going to make the roster? Is he even going to make well, the like, squad? Well, like fans had him penciled yeah. in as like wide receiver four, basically. Right. Yeah. And it's I, like, we needed to premature. see something. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, and we still have next or, you know, this weekend. So, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree there. It was nice to see Darby make some plays because I think the coaching staff would like to give him the fifth wide receiver spot, but he's got to show something to, to get it over Christian Blake. And I'm still not sure he's shown enough. You know, we'll see. 
Uh, this last game was probably going to be big for him. Um, but yeah, I, I think Tajay Sharp is pretty much locked up wide receiver four based on where he's playing, the fact that he's making plays every week. I mean, he, he's a one of the only like established veteran receivers on the roster. I think this he's technically the most veteran like age-wise, right? <laughs> maybe other than Calvin Ridley, yeah. But yeah. Um, Calvin Ridley and Gage maybe have like one or two more years than him. But yeah, I mean, otherwise he's very much in that sort of... So I, I think he's pretty clear the wide receiver four, and he'll get you know regular snaps. But wide receiver five, wide open. Christian Blake, Frank Darby, certainly in the mix there. Um and no longer Austin Trammell in the mix, to my great disappointment. So uh, sad to see that. But and Chris yeah, Rowland, yeah, Chris Rowland, Chris, Chris Rowland's still alive. He's yep. still there. He needs to win the return <laughs> job probably to make it though. Uh, right. It doesn't doesn't look like that's going to happen, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Adnan, uh, what's an offensive takeaway you have from this game? Uh, I was actually going to go with Darby just because. He <laughs> oh, went, I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he, he had the uh, yeah. yeah he had the highest PFF grade, but you know since we uh, talked to Darby and offensive line, I'll I'll circle back to Caleb Huntley. Uh, he had a big touchdown run overall, nine point five yards per carry in this game. Uh, looked 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 good. Looked fast, and you know like Kevin mentioned earlier, he looked a lot faster than his forty time. And that matters a lot more on an actual football field when you have the ball in your hands as opposed to, you know, just uh, sprinting down yeah. uh, down a 40-yard track at the NFL Combine. So, yeah, I definitely think that this performance uh, with Huntley is probably what solidified Jalen Hawkins getting cut so early. And, you know, I think right now he, he definitely does have probably an inside track at being that running back four. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree there. Um, I thought Huntley was was the most impressive, and I think I thought Hawkins was impressive too. Honestly, I mean, he didn't really get an opportunity until the very end of the game, which was kind of sad. But um, and that, honestly, that probably tells us what we need to know about <laughs> why he got cut. But um, yeah, I mean, Huntley I think has performed better than any of us sort of thought he might. I mean, I think we knew he would be in the mix, but um, he's sort of seized running back four, and it looks like he's he's pretty much taking control of, of that race uh for that last spot so i'm excited to see you know what he can do if he ends up getting any snaps at all this year if he's sort of a stash guy as like the fourth running back who maybe plays on special teams but um yeah you know definitely good for him um making his, his making himself known and, and carving out maybe a spot on the roster as an undrafted free agent at any position that's that's impressive so we'll see how he performs in this final game too um but yeah, my takeaway, you guys, I, I gave you guys, you know, all the first opportunity, but I'll, I'll go with Felipe Franks because I think he had an opportunity in this game with AJ McCarron leaving to play with the twos uh, and show that, hey, look, I can be the backup quarterback. And he, he did not do that. If anything, he, he made it clear that he's not ready to, to be uh, a second string quarterback at this point. And you know, I still think like there's a decent chance that the team just sort of keeps him as the QB two and is like, we're just going to hope he never has to play. Um, but I think honestly, um, you know, he, he's not ready yet and that shouldn't be surprising. I mean, it's definitely like we, you know, I, I, I went on the Falcon podcast and I think I made the bold prediction that, you know, Franks would be the QB two. And, you know, I, I, I think maybe that was, you know, a little bold, but it was supposed to be a bold prediction. So, you know, you, I'm sure you guys wanted the spicy take, but, um, in reality, like it's very difficult for an undrafted free agent to come in and be a backup quarterback, like immediately, like it just, it doesn't really happen very often. So, um, 
I think there's still potential with Franks. I do still think he'll probably be the practice squad quarterback. Um, if only because his his running ability and his dual threat ability makes him an excellent practice squad quarterback because he can help the Falcons prepare for those types of, of running quarterbacks um, better. You know, the practice squad quarterback has to sort of simulate the opposing quarterback. So um, having a guy with that sort of skill set is valuable there. And I think he's, you know, his his talent, his athleticism makes him worth developing and seeing maybe if he can take the job in a, in a year or two. But um it was disappointing to see him get the chance that he was probably hoping for and sort of just flub it. Um, you know, he, he just did not perform well. I mean, he had a couple drives that looked good, but, um, and he definitely got, you know, again, drops and that's kind of what you have to deal with in the pre with the preseason. But, uh, you know, sad to see Frank's not really take control of that job. And that's why we have Josh Rosen and probably have another quarterback actually being on the roster when the season starts. So, um, Let's shift gears here uh, to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we'll go in reverse reverse order once again, starting with Adnan this time. Adnan, what's a defensive takeaway you had from the preseason game? Uh, Jonathan Bullard uh, looked pretty nice. Uh, he had a sack, came away uh, a TFL as well. Uh, he's someone who on the new depth chart, is uh, slotted in as starting next to Grady Jarrett, uh, the depth chart that was just released a few days ago. So he's someone whom I would not say is really fighting for a job, more more so is solidifying what his role is going to be in going into the regular season. Blurred looked really nice in the Tennessee game as well. So it, it is nice having you know as much defensive line depth as possible. And, you know, Marlon Davidson, who's right now is battling a, a bit of an injury right now. He's someone who, you know, many of us thought would be that starting defensive lineman next to Grady Jarrett. He'll probably take a backseat right in the beginning and start out as a as a second stringer. But, you know, uh, major props, uh, major, major shout out to Bullard. And uh, I, I know I get the Dolphins were up 14-3 at halftime. They won 37-17, to but this was their ones playing against R2s. And, you know... Yeah, like the full uh, first half, basically, so... Yeah, like Miles Gaskin was tearing, you know, tearing <laughs> us up in this game. Um, I'm sure Tua got, you know, a big confidence boost from playing against our, our reserves and bench players. We're going to play against the Dolphins in the regular season this year. And, I mean, I'll give it to you. I, I will be very worried if every one of our starters goes <laughs> down to injury before that game. Then, yeah. you know, then we can look at this game as something uh, uh, as something more than just a meaningless preseason game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought Bullard was impressive, and he seems to pretty clearly have taken control of a roster spot uh, with his play. Uh, and his versatility, you know, he played on the inside and outside in this game, and we know that that's a strength of his. You know, he played three, four defensive end at times during his career, and also four, three defensive tackle. So that versatility is valuable as well, and I think uh, he's a good fit for the DMP's defense, and we're seeing that on the field in the preseason as well. Um, all right, next up, Evan Birchfield. What's a defensive takeaway you had from this game? Um, probably Fabian Monroe being able to finally see him. I thought he looked mm-hmm. good. Um, he, I believe he was, he was uh, PFF's highest rated defensive player for our team. Um, yeah, that's about it. J.R. Pace, I think, looks pretty good. He's a safety, undrafted guy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I really like our linebacker depth. Um, last week it was Etheridge who kind of stepped up and Errol Thompson looked good too. This week Ellerby um, was big. He had uh, four tackles and I think eight total, but four assisted. Um, Kobe Jones looked good. He's another guy. Um, yeah, I really like our linebacker depth, but uh, it was nice to see Fabian Moreau since he's actually like a starter. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It was really nice to get. I was surprised that Fabian Moreau was playing. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, that's actually Moreau playing. Um, but he looked like a starter. Like, he looked better than everybody right. else out there. And he covered the Dolphins' starters without much issue. Like, he was, like like Evan said, you know, the highest graded defender. So I think that's very encouraging. I think Moreau's been one of the most underrated additions to the team. Um, and I think that at the end of the season, the Falcons, you know, if Moreau plays really well, they'll have a choice to make if they want to give him a contract or let him walk and potentially fetch the Falcons a, a nice comp pick in 2023. But, um, you know, they're going to have to sign some of these guys. Like they signed a lot of one-year deals. Some of these guys are going to be coming back. Some will not be, um, but it might be the ones that end up playing great that, that the Falcons sort of let leave because they're trying to load up on those comp picks, but some of them are going to stick around. And I'm, I'm curious if Moreau is going to be one of the ones that sticks around because he, if he plays well enough, you know, that that's a foundational piece, potentially a nice, corner to start opposite your young uh cornerback one who's ascending so yeah definitely agree with that one dw go to you next what's a defensive takeaway you had from this one um a couple of them number one uh really excited about what dean pease is doing um you know we're seeing him mixing it up sending corner blitzes bringing in the safeties up the a gap uh, this is a preview of what we're going to get in the regular season. I said this before. I'll say it again. It's going to be a boomer bust defense. There are going to be yeah. times those blitzes aren't going to get home, and we are going to pay. <laughs> it's going to be painful. But there are also going to be times where it's going to come through, and it's going to be a fun defense to watch. At minimum, uh, Dean Pease is, I think, going to make an impact uh, this year, and uh, it, it's going to be a fun defense to watch. But the the player that I've been focusing on because I think the long-term potential for this guy is actually really promising is safety Jalen Hawkins. Um, right now he is our highest graded player on defense uh, by PFF. And if you look at what he's done in the games that holds up and he's doing it in every aspect, he's, he's been good in coverage. He has been good close to the line of scrimmage. Uh, he has been good in the pass rush. We remember that blitz he had in game one where he absolutely crushed the quarterback uh, he was doing everything you could possibly ask for from a safety. And considering we've got two, you know, rental guys this year in Eric Harris and Jerron Harmon, um, there were questions about who the next safety would be. Would the Falcons have to draft another safety in 2022 to put next to Richie Grant when we're not leaning on these veterans anymore? Um, and I think Hawkins is making a very strong case that he could be a starter in 2022. And I think uh, with right now, Richie Grant just needs time to develop, which is not unheard of for safety. So please don't freak out about (laughs) this. Um, I think Jalen Hawkins could see significant playing time this season and he's earned it. Like he's legitimately looked not just serviceable. He's looked good. He's looked really good out there and I'm excited to see how he develops. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Richie Grant, I mean, that's who I was going to mention. So um, I agree with you on Jalen Hawkins. I think he's been more consistent overall than Richie Grant. I think he he definitely had a flashier game last week. Um, he was just kind of quietly solid this week. But Grant, you know, I think people were sort of waiting for Richie Grant to to make 
uh, an impact at some point in the preseason to see a flashy play from him. Um, and he did make one in this game. You know, he had the pass breakup on Jalen Waddle. Um, he was also one of the highest graded defenders per PFF this week. Um, and that's what you want to see from your second round pick. You know, he's, he's going to have his ups and downs. You know, he's kind of been known as a risk-taking safety in college, an aggressive sort of ball-hawking safety. And those guys are going to have their share of mistakes, especially in their rookie season, and especially in a defense like Dean Pease, where he's putting a lot on their plates. So Grant had a good game. Excited to see what he does in the future. Uh, also have a special guest joining us now right on time, uh, Miles Garrett from Fox 5. So let's get him in here. Hey, Miles, can you hear us? Yeah, I got you. Hey, how you doing, man? Good. How y'all doing? Good, good. Yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, he is Miles Garrett from Fox 5 Sports uh, at Miles Garrett TV on Twitter, I believe is the handle, right? Yes, perfect. Sir. Perfect. All right, Miles. Well, we just got wrapped up with our thoughts on the preseason game, uh, but I wanted to give you a chance as well, uh, since you're joining us a little bit later. Uh, yeah, did you have any sort of key takeaways from the the first preseason game that you wanted to to sort of get off your chest? <laughs> from the first? The oh, second. sorry, the second. You know, yeah, yeah. they're all blending <laughs> together. They're all blending now. together for me at this point. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you, you you said it pretty well. They they've sort of been the same. It's been sort of just a a, a dog pile of just awfulness uh there hasn't been a lot of good things to pull from it um but i mean hey none of the starters have played you can't really judge a book by what we've seen so far uh, i think we'll get a better feel for how this team's going to look maybe the first or second drive i think we're, we've been hearing that the starters are in fact going to play at least a drive for uh this final game against the the browns but uh so far it hasn't been good i mean i think anyone with a brain watching football uh can has been able to tell that from from watching these two games but uh again it's the backups just the biggest concern is the depth because god forbid if matt ryan goes down then it's this there's going to be a problem (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's been uh the depth has not been uh great we'll say there's definitely been a handful of nice performances there but uh not Super encouraging overall, but yeah, I also wanted to give you a chance to talk about Josh Rosen since that's apparently the story mm. of the week. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but wanted to let let you get your takeaway there. Do you think he has a chance to maybe stick, or is this more of like just a, a camp arm here for the last preseason game? You know, it's it's interesting really because from what I'm hearing and from what Arthur Smith has been saying, I think he's not going to be the only one they're going to bring in, whether that's a workout or whether that's actually signing. I don't think they want Felipe Franks currently as their backup. I think he was brought in originally, and this is just observations from practice and seeing the reps he was getting. They wanted him to be that that practice squad guy. Yeah, um, they do. And again, it's obvious from watching him. The guy is not ready to be a backup quarterback. I mean, he he's made a couple nice plays, and he's made the plays that have you know given teams potential for, for you know the future down the line, developmental prospect, whatever you might be, situational guy. But as far as a backup quarterback, he's just not there yet. Will he turn into it? I don't know. I personally never saw it because the guy you're seeing on the field is exactly the guy you saw at Florida and Arkansas, the guy that all that potential, rocket arm, huge, can move, but he just never really put it together. So, again, I I think he's a practice squad guy. I think they want Josh Rosen to take this QB2 job. Um, I think a lot of Falcons fans should want that too. I know everyone on Twitter is like, oh, but Felipe Franks is playing well. Trust me, you do not want Felipe Franks (laughs) as the backup quarterback to Matt Ryan. And again, I'm not saying Josh Rosen is, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I'm taking him over Felipe Franks right now. Um, 
And again, I think he's got a lot of upside too. He's 24 years old. He's, uh, you know, I think, you know, argue as you want, but I think he hasn't really been given too much of a fair shot in the NFL everywhere that he's been kind of has never really wanted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, what he has actually put into practice. I'm sure there's, there's been a lot to do with that too. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it could be a good spot for him and it's very low risk, high reward for the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I, I think we, we sort of covered him earlier in the show, so I won't necessarily rehash it all. But, yeah, I agree with you there. I think he of, of the guys that were available, I mean, certainly someone who's intriguing um, and worth a look. Um, you know, it's going to be tough for him to really impress on such short notice, you know, with this last yeah. game. So it's really going to be about the practice for him and if he can sort of make enough of an impact for the team to be like, all right, like, we'll take you into the season. But uh, I think exactly. it's an uphill battle for him. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if, if it works out. Um, and then before we move on to the third preseason game and our, our sort of things to watch there, uh, the, the Falcons made another round of cuts. I didn't know if you wanted to say anything about any of those players uh, before we moved on. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the first, you know, the, the guys that they cut were expected. Um, you know, I, I, everyone was seemingly kind of surprised by, you know, JV and Hawkins getting, getting cut. But as someone who's been to a lot of the training camp practices and, you know, has been watching some of these games, I wasn't surprised by that. He was the last guy getting the reps, um, a bit undersized. Um, it was just, he seemed like the odd man out. This running back room is extremely crowded right now. And as much as I liked his potential, he's, you know, he's really quick. And, you know, you saw that big run he had against Miami there right before Caleb Huntley scored. Uh, he just, he was the odd man out. And, you know, it's yeah. unfortunate because I think he's got talent, but um, this was something I could see coming. And as far as the other guys, it was, you know, it was fairly obvious there's yeah, those other guys were going to be out the door. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was tough because like Austin Trammell, I was a big fan of, and yeah. that injury just really screwed him. And I, I, I feel, I feel for the guy and I, I hope he can catch on somewhere. Maybe, maybe come yeah. back on the practice squad. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, Hawkins was definitely the most surprising of the guys exactly. on that list. So, um, all right, well let's, let's transition to some third preseason game talk here uh with the falcons facing the browns on so- yeah that i'm i gotta get since you mentioned it now i feel like maybe i was saying first preseason game other times and I, it's got me yeah. worried so um, <laughs> they've all blended together yeah yeah but uh the falcons will be taking on the browns on sunday at uh, eight o'clock um and as miles said possibly gonna see the starters you know i i I don't trust arthur smith at this point so we'll see <laughs> but um yeah uh Miles, I'll let you take the first crack at it since you're our special guest. Uh, what's something you're going to be watching for specifically uh, during the final preseason game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the cliche answer, but man, I want to see some Kyle Pitts. I mean, yeah. I, is, is it too much to ask to see the first round pick play? We've seen Justin Fields. We've seen <laughs> Trey Lance. We've seen all these top prospects play. I just want to see what he's got. I mean, I've seen him at practice. The dude's the real deal. I mean, he, he you 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 look at him on the practice field and you're like, this guy is different. You know, he's, he's making plays that other guys can't, you know, just the physicality of him. He looks like who I hate to say it, but he kind of looks like Julio Jones did when he was out there, just the <laughs> physicality of it himself. Yeah. I know. But you know, it, it's, it's hard to ignore, you know, just, you know, what he brings to the table. And I just want to see him play. Arthur Smith's been teasing us the last two weeks by dressing him pregame right. shots. They always show him, you know, <laughs> warming up, catching passes, fully padded up. And then, Nope, we're gonna we're gonna put on flip flops after that. So yep, I'd like to see some uh, some Kyle Pitts. I don't really think I need to see him, Matt. I mean, I'd like to see Matt Ryan if Kyle Pitts is on the field, but we all know what Matt Ryan's gonna do. Um, I'd li- I'd rather have more focus on Josh Rosen and uh, Felipe Franks to get that more figured out. Um, and again, it's it's just 
I'm not a big fan of the preseason. You know, I, I don't <laughs> think it's that it's, it's not who is really, you know, I'm right. just, I'm, I don't think it's necessary. You know, you saw what happened to um, Travis DTN the other night and yeah. I don't want to see that happen to Mike Davis. I don't want to see that happen to Cordell Patterson. Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to see, I, I want football as much as the next guy. I want to see the starters play, but you know, at what cost, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. So, you know, I don't think I need to see Matt Ryan. What I like, if Matt Ryan goes onto the field, I'll be excited. But uh, I, I don't think I need to see it. I want to see Kyle Pitts. That's the main one. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. It's sort of like, oh, I want to, but like, I don't really want to. Also, like, sure, it would be fun for me because I'm going to be <laughs> sure. doing play by play. Yeah, I'd like to call the starters, but absolutely. Um, you know, it, I also don't really want to see them out there. You know, mate, and I, I, I think it's smart to get them a series or two just sure. to, to yeah. sort of warm up. You know, and that's about as low risk as you can make and, it. But and and you, and you saw it last week too. What happened to Jalen Waddle on that yeah. first drive? You know, he goes down, and like my immediate thought was like, this is why Kyle Pitts isn't playing. This is why I don't need to see him right now because if this happens. Then you know everyone's like, "Why the hell did you plan?" You know, this, this, <laughs> this was so dumb. There was no reason for that. So yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so twenty twenty. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, agree with you there. Agree with Kyle Pitts for sure. All right, next up, let's go to David Walker. DW, DW. Do you have something you're going to be watching for during Sunday's preseason game? I mean, I want to say Kyle Pitts. <laughs> it's okay. I'll let it. you. I'll let you like say that. You know, just this once. Yeah. I, it's going to be in Atlanta, so I, I want to see if they have the graphic ready for Kyle Pitts <laughs> because we all know what they're going to do, right? They're going to have oh. a falcon. They're going to have a falcon that's going to fly out. Of the sky. It's going to have a freaking <laughs> unicorn on its head, and it's going to like they're going to do that, and it's predictable. But I want to see it, and it's uh, but. In all seriousness, I want to I want to see the progression of the offensive line. Um, I feel like again, especially as we're talking about some of these guys who could potentially get snaps this year: Jalen Mayfield, um, Drew Dahlman, uh, you know, uh, Josh Andrews at left guard. These are guys who may see snaps this year. Remember, it is exceedingly rare for you to have all five starters play all well, seventeen games now. Right. Um, so there is a, some point in the season which these guys are going to get some significant snaps. And they made improvement from game one to game two. Uh, we know how important the offensive line is for Arthur Smith's scheme, what he wants to do. I want to see what they do as far as improving from game two to game three. Are we seeing those those leaps where they're beginning to uh, you know, correspond with each other in those second-level blocks? You, know, you, you talk about the wide zone scheme. That is the timing is the most difficult aspect of this. You've got, you know, you've got your your primary read who's going into the second level, and the guy next to him has to know what he's doing. And that yeah. level of communication, that is going to come down. That's going to show us what the coaching staff is doing. Yep. Whether they are making uh these guys get this offense. And and if we're going to see an improvement in the running game, it's going to come down to those guys in the trenches. So uh it's I, I want to say Kyle Pitts because we all want to see Kyle Pitts. But I, I Sorry ultimately, to steal your thunder there, David. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Um, the special guests get the the cookie. Uh, for me, though, it's uh, we've talked about it a lot, you know, in the, in the off season, and we've talked about it, you know, in the past several years. Uh, I want the Falcons to start winning in the trenches, and I want to see if they're making progress in that regard. Yeah, yeah, definitely smart there. I mean, I think. Uh, the offensive line is one of the most important things we need to see. And like, we haven't seen Matt Hennessy at center, like at all. Like we don't know what that's going to look like at all. I mean, we saw it last year for a couple games. And of course he got baptized by fire against Chris Jones and Vita Vea, but 
Um, definitely don't think you know people should take much from that performance, but yeah, that that's a good one. I I, I also want to see uh, what we're gonna what what the offensive line looks like if the stars play at all. You know, I think they probably will a little bit, but yeah, that that's definitely a good one to watch, and also Kyle Pitts. Um, but yeah, Evan, uh, what are, what's something you're gonna be watching for uh, during Sunday's preseason game? Um, I mentioned it last week, but it's going to remain the same this week. I want to see what the wide receiver depth is going to do. Once you get past Ridley, Gage, and uh, Zacchaeus, it's kind of, I mean, up in the air. I, I mean, Sharp's obviously the favorite, but there's still Christian Blake, who has experience with this team. Um, Trevor Davis, who has experience elsewhere. Um, haven't seen a whole lot of Antonio Nunn at all, um, but yeah. like Frank Darby, uh, a lot of potential like to see him step up because I, I mean, I think the expectation is they'll probably just keep five receivers. I mean, it's possible they could keep six, but the way the uh, offensive scheme is probably five. So, you know, who's going to be the odd man out um, as, as we talked about earlier, Chris Rollins probably not got a good chance because of, you know, he's not bringing going to bring a whole lot uh, elsewhere. Like with the return battle, it's pretty much Avery Williams. At this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Trevor Davis, I think he he had a uh, kick return last week, I believe. Um, so like he he can bring that, but obviously we have that with Cordero Patterson. So it's not like he's got a leg up on anybody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm gonna be pretty much focused on the receiving uh, battle, but obviously that that's gonna factor in with the offensive line play, and then if Rosen and Franks are able to actually throw that throw it to him. So you know. It, it it's going to rely on a whole lot, but uh, I would love to see somebody kind of step up. Um, last week was the two leading receivers um, for all of preseason, which has only been two games. But, um, you know, that was uh, Darby had 27 yards and I think Sharp had 27 yards exactly too. Should've so touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. talked about that earlier too. The, uh, <laughs> goal line. Um, so yeah, I want one of these guys to just come out and have like a 50 something yard, receiving day with a touchdown and be like, okay, that there's somebody there. But I mean, once you get past the top three, it's kind of bleak. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely unproven. That's mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah, I think it's, it's big, you know, I would like to see, like, we haven't really seen Zacchaeus either. Like he's, he's sort of penciled in as the wide receiver three. And it's like, we haven't really even gotten to see him out there. I mean, I, I thought he looked really good in camp um, and was pretty clearly the third best wide receiver out there. He just kind of looked like a step above the other options, but uh, yeah, I mean, even that's a little bit of a, of a question mark, and it seems like that's kind of been a big thing with Arthur Smith uh, to kind of keep stuff under wraps. Like he's not really showing much of his starters, and obviously the the play calls have been exceptionally uh, vanilla thus far, which is not surprising for preseason. But I get the feeling from Arthur Smith and the way he sort of has been about injuries and such that subterfuge is a, is a big part of it for him. Um, so I think. Uh, you know, it's not entirely surprising that he's tried to keep as much of his starters and his system under wraps as possible going into week one. Um, all right, Adnan, what's something you're going to be watching for in this final preseason game? I am eager and curious to to see if the starters play for both sides. Uh, mm-hmm. Not for like a full half or, or anything like that, because I don't think that that's, that's going to happen either way. But for, you know, maybe a couple of series out there, just for you know the offensive players to, to shake off that rust being on on an actual football field against actual football players and you know a san- a, a sanction like football event um, I, it would be nice there is a, a small injury risk uh, there is a bit of an injury risk there but you know 
I don't like the idea of the starters not of none of the starters playing a single snap going into the regular season, especially with the brand new coaching staff uh, here and completely brand new playbooks. And I would like to see how they would potentially fare against you know a Cleveland Browns team that was very very good last year. I, I know that's uh, surprising to say <laughs> in this day and age after how bad the Browns have been the past two decades. But you know the Browns were. You know, they were a playoff team and they embarrassed the Pittsburgh Steelers last year and I think it was the wild card round. Um, you know, that's that's a that's a team where you know, at least for a couple of series, uh it, it, it you can it, you can use that as a bit of a barometer for, you know, kind of where you are right now, especially like uh, what DW was saying in the trenches. Browns have a, a very, very good offensive line. That would be a, a spectacular test for the Falcons' defensive line rotation. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Browns have their own Miles Garrett, who's uh, who's a bit of a monster <laughs> on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they have a lot of talent on, on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, also selfishly, just because I will be right there with you doing color uh, commentary for that game, uh, That that this is a plug for our live show that's going to be happening on, on Sunday night uh, during <laughs> yes. the game, by the way, I would love, I would, it would be very entertaining for us personally also to see, see the starters out there for at least a couple of series. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I uh, agree with all of that. Definitely agree with the plug of our Sunday night live play-by-play show and pre-show starting at 7 30 PM Eastern time. Uh, so definitely check that out guys. Um, it could be a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, you know, I would say that the first two have been fun, I would say that the games have been not so fun, but the commentary oh, yes, is always yeah. fun. Yeah, you know, we, we, we have a good time here. But, uh, yeah, before we get to my thing to watch for, I uh, do want to remind folks to please like and subscribe. We appreciate that. Uh, those all help us grow on YouTube. We appreciate those metrics. Uh, and let me read off a $5 donation here from Ray Moon. Thanks again for your support, Ray. Ray says, so Arthur Smith says Josh Rosen will get a fair shot. How much do you guys think he plays? I That's a good question because I don't know if they're going to give Felipe Franks the first uh, set of plays or if they're going to immediately hand it to Josh Rosen, I guess. I would assume Franks is the second quarterback off the off the bench, but or the first quarterback off the bench, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to hear what you guys think about that. If you Miles, I'll let you take the first crack at it. You think Rosen's going to get a lot of snaps or is he going to be behind Franks? I think they're going to get equal amount of snaps uh, today. Um, Arthur Smith talked and Matt Ryan talked today too um, about that situation. Um, basically, again, in practice today, Franks was taking the second team reps. So I'm expecting Franks to come out and, and be the first quarterback to play. Um, it might be a thing where, again, barring if Matt Ryan plays at all. Um, but it, um, again, taking out Matt Ryan, I, I'm assuming Franks is that first guy to come out Um and if that happens, I'm expecting them to get equal time. Arthur Smith is pretty clear today that he says he wants to give them both a fair shot to win the, the quarterback two job. And for that to happen, we need to see uh, at least a half of Josh Rosen, I think, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so if that's the case, I'd probably expect to see Franks come out for maybe two drives in the in the beginning, right after Matt comes out, if he does come out, and then Josh gets two drives. And ideally, that'll happen before half. Again, who knows how many drives they'll get. Um, I doubt that do like a switcheroo like josh gets a drive franks gets a drive josh gets a drive franks gets a drive um, right i think it'll be more of you know franks will get his time and josh will get his time so 
it, it's, it's unpredictable because, as you said, Arthur Smith it does kind of like to, <laughs> you know, play things close to the chest. But um, I think they're both going to get a fair shot, and at least as far as equal amount of playing time is concerned. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense to me. Anybody else have, have a Josh Rosen playtime take they want to get off? I mean, they didn't sign him just to keep him on the bench in this last preseason game. Uh, I think he'll he'll get a, probably a significant amount of playing time because also I, I agree with what Miles said earlier. I think the team wants Josh Rosen to win this QB2 job. Felipe Franks in that first preseason game, uh, there were there was a, a good portion of the fan base that was clamoring for him to you know become that QB2 just because he it, he looked you know good in comparison to what we saw from AJ McCarron earlier but I think that's kind of a case of uh, you having a very unattractive friend and standing next to him or her <laughs> and then you're a lot more attractive uh, as a result of that uh, just because AJ McCarron his his skill set did not translate well to being behind a very poor offensive line, whereas yeah. Felipe Franks' skill set is it's pretty much made for you know kind of surviving that chaos in the backfield of the offensive line, just being terrible in front of him, just because he's so big and you know he can move around and he can uh, escape pressure with his legs. So as a result, Franks looked you know maybe better than he was just because you're comparing him to what you saw from McCarron, but then we saw it last week, Felipe Franks, you know, he's not ready to be the QB two on this team. And I'm sure Arthur Smith sees that as well, sees it better than we do. So I definitely think if Josh Rosen plays poorly, he'll definitely get his, his chance. And, you know, Franks, I think right now is, is playing to be the, either the QB three and to, you know, possibly stay off the practice squad. If he plays well enough, I think he's done, enough to be on the practice squad at this point but i think if rosen doesn't play well then they may just cut him and, and look for you know maybe even blake bortles after this game i know they uh worked bortles out uh before signing rosen as well yeah yeah that makes sense to me uh can't disagree with that either so yeah i mean i think we're gonna see a fair amount of rosen i think is the consensus and you know we'll see if that translates to good play or poor play i think it's gonna be tough for him to look good considering he's only gonna have a handful of days to really get set in the offense now he's played in similar offense before you know west coast vanilla scheme probably not going to be all that difficult to sort of grasp going for a preseason game but uh yeah it'll be tough for him to look great after just only a couple days um but yeah i I, I will I, i will say to that point i actually learned something uh, uh, today from our DJ Shockley, a former quarterback with the Falcons about, because mm-hmm. I asked him that, I was like, you know, a, a guy that's just signed, you know, and has to play a game within the week, you know, he's obviously not going to learn the entire playbook by then. What's the procedure for him? And he said that it's interesting now because with the headset, they don't necessarily give the play. They give, you know, you're going to roll out to your right and this guy's going to run a slant. You're going to throw it to him. Or these are <laughs> yeah. your progressions. So, they don't necessarily have to learn the entire playbook. I'm sure it helps, but that was an interesting tidbit I found out today that a lot of the new that they do with a lot of new quarterbacks who come in, they just sort of tell them where to throw it in yeah. the headset. <laughs> All right, hey, that works. I mean, it's better than nothing. So. Hey, I'm pretty sure Sean McVay was doing that with Jared Goff <laughs> exactly. during the regular season. During the regular season, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, could you talk to DJ Shockley? Maybe he could suit up and be our QB too. I asked point. him. I asked yeah. him. Man. Yeah. He's he's about I think just a couple years older than Matt Ryan, so why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, hey, I I wouldn't be against it. I I I think we should open up 
you know, have open tryouts for the QB two if the Rosen signing Why doesn't not? work out. So, <laughs> um, and I think Shockley would definitely be one of the the best people to to oh, show sure. up to some sort of open tryout. No, no Absolutely. doubt. But uh, yeah, yeah. In terms of stuff that I'll be watching for, I mean, I want to see the defense. Um, I think in particular the the coverage from the the backup linebackers has been pretty line uh, pretty pretty lacking. So. Seeing Deion Jones and Foye out there, two guys both known for their coverage, I want to see how how that sort of looks. Um, and just how the defense plays in general, you know, the starting secondary, A.J. Terrell, does he sort of convert his strong camp into a strong season and a strong performance? You know, we've seen a little bit of Fabian Moreau. He looked good. Does that, you know, keep up with the first string uh, defense as well? So that's that's the thing for me that I want to watch. I mean, you guys covered a lot of the offense. Obviously, Kyle Pitts can be very exciting, but uh, you know, I want to see what this defense looks like. We haven't seen any of Eric Harris and Deron Harmon either. So, I mean, there's just a lot to, to watch for if those starters do get out there because it's pretty much a complete unknown at this point how that first string defense is going to look with all those guys out there. Um, but yeah, before we sign off, uh, we're going to end on, on a spicy note. We're going to do uh, a bold preseason prediction. All right, so uh, I'll, I'll let uh, DW take us off here because I know DW's got the spicy takes. Uh, DW, what what's your spiciest preseason prediction for this final game? Matt Ryan gets cut. Felipe Franks is the starter. <laughs> no, that's too Ryan spicy. Doesn't doesn't get spicier than that. That that's the kind of spice where if I eat I it, said I'll look into the future. <laughs> I, I asked for spicy, so I guess I asked for this. But yeah, you asked for that. I I'm did. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. In all seriousness, I've, I've actually been pounding this table for a while uh, since I saw him at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I think it's it, it may be moving into the realm of possibility, but when the Falcons lost Jaden Graham, they lost a good player on special teams. They lost their de facto tight end number four. Um, I think John Rain uh, is actually in line to snag that last tight end position. He's got the versatility that uh, – they love he, he could play fullback they actually lined him up in fullback i believe on the very first play of the, the second preseason game um he plays tight end more of an h-back tight end but still nonetheless and i think he's a guy that's also showing that he can contribute somewhat on special teams so my prediction john rain makes the 53-man roster as a fourth tight end yeah that's that's pretty spicy that's i agree with you there he's been making my roster in each of my projections after Jaden Graham unfortunately went down and he's going to be making my roster in this last one as well. So, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, Miles, you're up next. What's your spicy preseason prediction? Josh Rosen goes 10 for 12, 115 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, and takes this QB2 job, leaves Felipe Franks in the dust. All right. I, I guarantee like it. you wow. there's going to be a subsection of the fan base calling for him to start. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. He's only 24. <laughs> yeah. Matt Ryan will go like three and out on the first drive because he gets like a pass batted at the line or something like that. And oh, yeah. be like, all right, Josh Rosen, it's time. Let's go. I like, I like the positivity of these takes so far. That's good. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> that's the stuff of nightmares him going the, the, like <laughs> defending matt ryan for two weeks over josh rosen is going to drive me to drinking oh my god <laughs> yeah just drink preemptively that's my recommendation but uh that's what I do yeah anyways. i like it i like the positivity though that that would be cool if josh rosen could actually you know show some positive quarterback play because we've been lacking at this preseason that's for sure um all right Let's go next to Evan Birchfield. Evan, what's your spicy preseason take for this final game? Ryan Nasal's going to make the roster. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. That would. I. I mean, I'm not necessarily against it. I mean, he kind of just has to beat out like Sam Jones, um, right? Who and I, I sort I, of. Yeah. I think he can do that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that Sam Jones has is that he he has played center and tackle in the NFL. So like, you know, as a sort of last guy on the roster, he kind of makes sense from that angle. But yeah, I mean, I think Newsel has been impressive enough that you might be worried that he does get poached because look offensive linemen are in short supply we know this um so yeah i'm uh i like it i like that one a lot adnan your spicy preseason take yeah i predict the falcons twitter will be in shambles no matter what happens <laughs> that's, not, that's 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 very cold take that's a very cold take yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's the most <laughs> mild take i, I could have i could have uh, done um <laughs> I, I don't know if it's super spicy, but I definitely think that we will come out of this game with Frank Darby winning that last roster spot uh, on the wide receiver depth chart. I think that this coaching staff is rooting for Frank Darby to, to win it just because, you know, he is their draft pick. Uh, he is, you know, he's younger than Christian Blake. Uh, we know what Christian Blake brings to the table. Solid wide receiver. I think he, even if he doesn't make the roster for the Falcons, he'll make... Uh, at least a practice squad somewhere. But, you know, I think uh, Frank Darby will, you know, have a very good game. I think he'll I think he'll show out. He'll be uh, that wide receiver that, you know, Evan was mentioning earlier that he wants to go for 50-plus yards and, you know, possibly even a touchdown. Oh, another one, I think the offense will actually score a touchdown in this game. Well, they um, did this they, week, right? But you mean like the starters. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean like a not – a, a meaningful touchdown Not a where, garbage <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, where, where, where it's like, you know, actually like close, maybe even a first half touchdown. But oh, yeah, wow. no, uh, I know, I know it's spicy. not, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not exactly the, uh, the spiciest take. I see, uh, Kay green in, in the chat is, uh, complaining about our lack of spice, but we, we have a 17 game regular season. There's going to be plenty of hot takes, uh, to be thrown around. I, I just don't think that, the stage is really set for anything like you know, incredibly like surprising happening uh, in this pre- as a result of this preseason game. <laughs> all right, all right, I got the spicy one for you guys. Avery Williams scores a return touchdown in the final Ooh. preseason game. And, I'm gonna need uh, some tums em- after emphatically that. Emphatically <laughs> wins the return job based on that. Yeah, I like Solaire's. The Falcons actually win on Sunday. That's way too spicy. Oh, I, can't oh, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, think yeah. I, I go that terrible. far either. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I think I, I'll make it spicy by saying touchdown, but I do think Avery Williams is going to have a great game as a returner in this one. I think he'll get the bulk of the opportunities, um, and I think he'll sort of emphatically uh, stamp his mark on the roster. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he honestly has played really well as a corner too, which is not necessarily what we were expecting, but uh, I like it. Uh, I like I like Williams a lot. Um, I was also going to say something about Ogundiji if someone had mentioned Williams, but I think, I think I think I think will be starting uh, by the end of the season. That that's my spicy long term take as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, guys. Uh, well, first of all, let me uh, thank Miles Garrett for joining us tonight. I know you've got a really busy schedule, especially during the actual season, Miles. So thank you for taking the time. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, before we let everyone sort of uh, plug their stuff, remind you guys that, like we said earlier in the show, we're going to be doing our play-by-play of the final uh, preseason game starting on Sunday at 7.30, so you guys can join us for that. That's 
generally been fun despite the games being pretty terrible so hopefully the game will be better and you know the coverage will still be good um and then also guys please do like and subscribe we appreciate both of those metrics those help us out check out the patreon at patreon.com slash alcoholic live if you're interested in supporting the show on a monthly basis and then uh the link to the community discord is in the show description if you're interested in taking part in that that starts to really get going during the season so uh check that out if you're so inclined but let me once again, thank our special guest, Miles Garrett. He is on Twitter at Miles Garrett TV. Miles, anything that you're working on you want to let the people know about? Yeah, actually working on it right now. Um, we are working on our Falcons programming. We're the official uh, station of the Atlanta Falcons this year. So we've got three shows. Uh, that's not even including our pre- and post-game shows for the Falcons. So we've got Rise of Tonight, Early Birds, and Dirty Bird Report. Uh, they are Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Um, really great shows. We really get to go in depth with, the, with these guys. So, um, yeah, you guys should tune in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, guys. Check that out for sure. Uh, and once again, thanks to Miles for coming on, taking the time to uh, introduce himself to all you good people. So, also with us tonight, we have David Walker. He is at DW on Twitter. DW, anything you're working on, you'd like to let the people know about? Obviously, we got the Falcoholic podcast rocking uh, as yes. well. Yeah. Yeah, we're kicking up with a podcast, and uh, I'll have to DM uh, Miles and see if he can spare some time for me on the podcast as well. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, you can't have him. He's mine now. you have on yeah. Twitter, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, we're doing a lot with the podcast. Uh, we have a uh, uh, talk with Michael Rothstein from ESPN uh, that's currently up. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, he's, he's a great guy. Um, I do want to say I've been watching the Falcons for since 1980. Uh, since I'm the senior guy here at the Falcoholic. <laughs> um, and I want to, I, I do want to say this sincerely uh, right now uh, for Falcons fans, we have some of the best beat writers. We have some of the best coverage. And actually I, I, I think the, the work that miles Kelly price, uh, Justin Felder, DJ Shockley are doing at Fox five is, is the best we've seen in Atlanta in a very long time. So uh, kudos to miles and, and the rest of that team. They're doing really good work. Uh, so you guys definitely check them out. I, I do actually watch the shows. So um, kudos to you guys. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, check us out with Falcoholic and of course the Falcoholic podcast on iTunes, Google, anywhere good podcasts are found. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Check that out. Also with us tonight, we have Evan Birchfield at the very easy to remember at Evan Birchfield. Evan, anything you're working on you want to let the people know about? Um, not off the top of my head. Miles, thanks for coming on. Um, me and DW have our post-game pod every after every game so look look for that um yeah that's about it um you can find me at birchfield on twitter and um you know don't go crazy over preseason games yeah yeah that's that's a good reminder that's a good reminder (laughs) life's too short to get worked up over the preseason i I got enough time i'll spend enough time getting worked up over the regular season i don't have time for the preseason that's for sure (laughs) um also with us, last but not least, Adnan Ikic. He is at Say Which Way on the Twitters. Adnan, anything you're working on you want to let the people know about? Uh, yeah, my uh, article series trying to find the greatest moment in Falcons history is coming down to a close. Uh, got to the finals, and you know it's been it's been a fun ride. Your votes determine who goes through. Uh, your suggestions determined who was in the bracket, and your 
uh, votes determined what the seating was. So don't be mad at me when you see uh, what it is and when you see so much Matt Ryan centricism. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault. Like you put yeah. in all the moments. And it was, it was yes. up to the people to decide. Yes, yeah. yes. But don't don't comment saying, oh, I, it should have been this play or like why, why did this play lose? It's your votes. I don't decide any of this. <laughs> um, but yeah, also uh, we mentioned it earlier, check out uh, – our play-by-play this Sunday night um, will, like Kevin said, we'll be going live at 7:30, um, and we'll sit through another three and a half hours of uh, another preseason game, <laughs> watching every play and breaking each play down for you guys. Uh, and you know, we'll we'll definitely uh, it'll definitely be a lot more fun when we're all doing it together and when when we're all oh, yeah. uh, watching and interacting with it together. A lot more fun than you know just watching the preseason regularly would be. So check that yeah, out definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's a big one. You know, the preseason's pretty boring if you watch it by yourself, in my opinion. I mean, you guys can do whatever you want, but, um, all right, guys, finally, I am Kevin Knight F alcoholic Kevin on Twitter. I'll have my, uh, last preseason roster projection coming out, uh, either tomorrow or Friday. So you guys can keep an eye on that. I'll also be updating the sorted printable roster, uh, for the game as well. So you guys can keep an eye out for that. If you're, if you've been following along with that, um, Yeah, guys. Uh, Otherwise, thank you so much for watching. Again, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we will see you again on Sunday at 7.30 p.m. for our pregame show and then straight into our live play-by-play of Falcons vs. Brown in week three of the preseason. For all of us here at the Falcoholic Live and Miles Garrett from Fox 5, thank you for tuning in. We will talk to you guys next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.